The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. you all are sluggish don't really feel like working and that's totally fine and expected but I wanted to drop this off with you all I had a really cool interview um, a couple weeks ago with Janelle James and if you don't know who she is she is a comedian she actually opened for Chris Rock when he was on tour and um, right now she has a um, comedy special on Netflix and she's doing like a few things and she's gonna have actually she's gonna have this comedy festival this weekend from December 5th to the 7th at the Bell House in Brooklyn and I'm actually going to go on one of those days. So it's going to be available Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm probably going to go to the Friday show. And um, it's a whole bunch of black comics, a, bu- a bunch of women comics. So it's going to be really cool and really funny. So Janelle is, she told me straight up she doesn't like podcasts, <laughs> but she was kind enough to, you know, talk to me for about 30 minutes on like her career and, you know, things that she is um, up to and how her career started and the people that she's been working with and everything and how creating this comedy fest or her own how it came to be and you know she is basically just doing her thing you know um right now she's based in LA she grew up in the Midwest she's from the Caribbean um and she definitely wants to uh be more of a she wants to be more of a known comedian especially in like urban comedian verticals you know what I'm saying like I feel like when it comes to black comedian like we have a list of people who we name even though there's like a slew of other black comedians that we don't know about so I took the opportunity to have an interview with her so I wanted to like you know introduce y'all to her and I'm gonna go check her out um she made me laugh during the interview um, she has like a, um, a really cool kind of like black awkward girl slash, you know, like nerdy girl persona in a way. And I think it's really cool. Um, I was looking at her tweets, uh, and she doesn't seem like you know overtly problematic so i'm gonna give her a go and i'm gonna go to her show so 
Um, the interview is going to come up next and you can just check out what we talked about over the phone. It was a real good, you know, phone chat and, um, maybe she'd make you laugh too. I, I know she definitely made me laugh. So check it out. And this will be posted on fabulizemag.com as well. So you can see all like the ticket information and the location. And if you want to come, it's like 20 bucks for a ticket. It's in Brooklyn. If you're not doing anything, make sure you stop by and, you know, chill out. I'll be there and um, we'll see what happens. Okay, so check out the interview. Let me know how you feel about the interview. And I will be seeing you all this week in Brooklyn for the comedy show. I so talk to you later. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry about that. No worries. <laughs> that was really interesting. <laughs> um, well, what I wanted to say was, I know you say you're following Summer Walker, and you know some people don't have the ability to turn it on and turn it off. And I find myself that sometimes I laugh just because I'm nervous. Yeah. And, you know, I try to, like, calm myself down so I don't have, like, an anxiety attack. So when right. you're on stage, do you, are you laughing because you're nervous? And it's like a lot of people. Oh, no. On stage, I'm having fun. Like, I don't know. I mean, people have told me they've seen that I don't look in the audience. I look down all the time. I don't really look at the audience and stuff. So when I'm laughing on stage, I'm really laughing at my jokes because I think I'm hilarious. But I do, in conversation, like, just giggle a lot, and people always say that. But I also feel like maybe it's hereditary, because my mom giggles a lot, too. So I don't think I can help it. She giggles a lot, and she sounds just like me. We have the exact same laugh. So That's so cool. <laughs> but, I mean, it annoys me how much I laugh. I don't know what. I don't know. Maybe I am happy, too, but I am uh, uh, introverted somehow. Uh, Okay, how do you power down when you're by yourself? We do you turn off your um, phone. I I mean I'm a piehead, so I'm usually high, and uh yeah I'm I just, I like being by myself. Do you take edibles or do you smoke? No, that you trying to fuck up your life doing that. I still have so much to do. <laughs> I don't have <laughs> I don't have that much power downtime, so I smoke and you know I, I was just listening. I listened. I think the read and maybe Crystal was talking about she does like indica to calm down. I'm the same. Mm-hmm. Like people, you know, think that I'll I'll be saying like, oh, I smoke weed because I'm like, oh, it's cool or some shit like that. No, I'm really just trying to calm down, and that's the thing what, that people use it for. So, what particular do you have a favorite strand that you like? No, actually, I um, you know, I was just out in L.A. for like five six months, so. I tried a lot, but what I'm really trying to find is a black-owned dispensary. So I'm like, I do have a favorite brand, but I'm not about to hype up some white dispensary. So uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they have, um, I've actually reached out to them, and they've like partnered with friends of mine who don't even really smoke. You know what I mean? And have, and but they're white and they get like free shit and stuff. And I've reached out to them like, yo, I smoke y'all shit all the time. And I tell everybody about it, and they were just like, cool. So I was like, well, you know what? Fuck y'all. I'm not buying <laughs> They really they have an image they're trying to, you know, protect. So whatever. So I'm, I'm, I will never say their name in public. Okay. I think there's a um, black woman. I think her name is Marianne Pryor, who mm-hmm. has, like, she's, like, a really, she's, like, a black influencer. 
in the cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I never heard of it, but I mean, there's a few people here and there. Somebody just told me yesterday there's one in Maryland, but it's just like not enough that you can just right. go to. And it's also up, and then it's a lot of people have, so like there's a lot of hip hop. Like I saw supposedly Drake coming out with something, but he's not cultivating the strain and all that. They just, he's just allowing them to put his face on it. So it's just like when right. you go to restaurants, they playing hip hop, all the waitresses is black and shit. And you like, Oh, is this black on? And it's like, no, like I'm not uh, interested in that. <laughs> in, in, in black face products. <laughs> black face products. <laughs> yeah. So this person you, th- that you're telling me about, um, I'm going to write her name down and I'm hoping that it's her, you know, like her brand, like she's totally into the product, but I feel like once, even once you have your own strain or your own um, company, the, the dispensaries make it hard for you to get your product for them to sell it. You know what I mean? So It, it is. I was doing like some research to where they, like to actually have a dispensary, you need mm-hmm. about a million dollars to start up. Yeah. And it's a very, like, it's super expensive. It's very dangerous to have because it's, like, something with the banks where they don't want, because it's still illegal federally, they don't want, like, weed money in it. So people just got, like, cash on hand. So then you have to have security <laughs> and armored cars and all that shit. And they know black people got that shit. So it's just, it's, it's all kind of ways they're keeping us out of it. So, yes, I have a favorite brand, but they can eat a dick. So, um. <laughs> Yo, I don't even blame you, to be honest. Yeah. So let's talk about the comedy show that's going to be in December. Are you excited for it? I mean, yes, but with anything, like putting on a vest is such a fucking thank, thankless job. I did the first one last year. Like, so I've had on and off where I've had like my own comedy show where you start like a little bar show and you're like, hey, come to my show. And I had one with a guy and I think I lasted two years before I bounced and I wasn't even doing anything. He was doing the most of the work and all I had to do was uh, get people book the other comics and then show up. And even that was exhausting. So this thing, which is this huge thing, which I'm sure I didn't think about before I got into it. <laughs> it's so nerve wracking. Like, I'm just like, why am I doing this? This is the second year. I'm, I'm already like, what the fuck? But then once it's over, you're like, oh, that was cool. And last year was so cool. I'm just trying to, uh, I'm just hoping that we have uh, even better, you know, the same or even better year. So I'm excited, but I'm also distressed the fuck out. I can imagine you have three days to make people happy. You said what? That sounds stressful. I mean, it's really, at the end of the day, it's really all about people showing up. So I know, I mean, it's in New York, so it's a lot of shit going on all at the same time. Last year we were competing directly with, like, a huge festival that's run by Caroline's, which is an institution and da-da-da-da-da. So that was really nerve-wracking. And then... So it's just like, oh, there's so much stuff going on. How do you get people to show up to your event? And then yada, yada. Also, because there's so much things going on, people don't usually buy tickets in advance. So last year I thought nobody was coming in and everybody bought a ticket at the door. You know what I mean? So it all yeah. <laughs> it all worked out. But then I was about to kill myself. So I hope they don't do that. <laughs> I hope they don't do you that. You mean literally? Year. You said what? You mean literally? Literally what? You say you was about to kill yourself. I didn't know if you meant to take it too many or like. Oh no, I'm not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> no. On uh, the sixth of December, you're having a black ass show. Can you tell me right. how you put together that lineup? 
Well, it's um, so that show is hosted by Baron Vaughn and Mike Open My Eagle, and really why it's called Black Hair Show is because they have a show called New Negroes, and I can't use that okay. name. <laughs> Basically, like that <laughs> name is uh, so I, so I wanted them. But I can't use the name, so I I called it Black Ass Show. Is basically what it is. So like I New like Negroes, you like it? Cool. And I'm hoping yeah. you know it's it's something with black people like they really make me mad because they're always like, oh, we need more representation, da 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 da. But then they only want to come out for people they know. You know what I mean? Like oh, white, that's the difference. Like white people will come out just to check some shit out. So I did this black. I'm doing this black show almost because there's black people on every show. Of course, it's my show. You know, it's my festival, but. I'm doing, like, a black focus. I know white people going to come anyway, but just to see if black people, they'll look at the lineup, and if Kevin Hart ain't on there, they ain't going to, you know what I mean? So we'll yeah. see if they really trying to support or not. And most, and a lot of times they don't, and it's very frustrating, but I'm just trying to think. So. Do you feel like you don't get that same love like big stars do because people might not, some people might not see you as the same on the same level, or do you think that is because you're a woman? I might not get the same love from who? Like you said, like, most people don't really always check the new talent like that. Um, asking do you well, that's just in general. That's not me. Like, that's not – I mean, I haven't been – I've been primarily on the white circuit for a long time. I just started doing – being able to be in front of black faces anyway. So I don't take that particular – I don't take that personally, but, I mean, just in an in a, in a event way. Okay. There's, like I said, there's a lot of things happening in New York. White people are more, and, and it, I'm sure it has to do with income level too. You don't want to spend your money on something that might not be a sure thing. But white people are more apt to say, hey, this looks interesting. Let me check it out. I don't know those people, but I like comedy. Let me check it out. Whereas white people are like, who going to be there? You know, that's our shit. Who all going to be there? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so it's like I've been doing this thing. Just as a not as a joke to myself, but um, uh, very purposely doing something that I'm calling a reverse crossover, where I'm trying to cross over to the black side because they don't know me. I haven't been doing the, you know, I'm not a, I haven't been doing comedy long enough that I was like Comic View and all of that stuff, and also right. I'm not on the black circuit in New York either. I do all the clubs and, and, and so it is like New York comedy is still segregated in some ways. And so I never did like the primarily black rooms. I do mixed rooms and white rooms. So I'm doing a thing now where I'm taking projects and pitching projects that put me in front of more black people. So they know who I am. Cause once they know who I am, they like me. So. That's uh, really interesting. I never knew that comedy was like segregated like that. I mean, every segment of the entertainment industry is segregated. There's Tyler Perry and then there's Woody Allen. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I think I named the two extremes, but yeah, every every segment of the entertainment industry is is segregated. You're right, but I just I guess you know what when you think about comedy, you think about you know I guess urban media versus mainstream media, and you know who we look at and who we don't look at. That's really right. interesting. Um, how were you able to break into the comedy entertainment industry? I mean, I started in the Midwest, like very not glamorous at all. I was in the Midwest, and I did an open mic, and then I basically uh, just kept doing it. So I really just have done it how they say you're supposed to do it. I just do a lot of shows, and I've done it 
this is my ninth year. I've been doing it nine years straight, hard, like purposely. And it's just, uh, I feel like with any other industry, you do it long enough, people will recognize, you know, people will get mm. to know you because I've done thousands of shows at this point. So people now know who I am. What's your favorite thing to joke about? What's my favorite thing to joke about? I don't have a favorite thing, but everything is about me. Like I'm the the I'm the favorite thing to joke about. Like I don't do uh like even if it seems like it's I'm talking about another topic, it's about what I think about the topic or how it relates to me or how I reacted to it. Like it's all about me at the end of the day. <laughs> I'm okay. uh, a narcissist. So uh so I'm yeah, I'm I'm my favorite topic. I'm just trying to Examine my thoughts, basically, is what my stand-up is. Okay, an introverted narcissist. That's an interesting title. <laughs> introverted narcissist. I mean, you have to be yeah. somewhat narcissistic to get on stage and tell people, hey, listen to me for an hour. You know what I mean? Like, it has to, you have to have some, kind, some sort of, uh, yeah, of n- narcissism to believe that people should do that, so. Okay, well, I guess I mean it's all politicians are narcissistic to a degree. You said what? I said that believe. I mean, is that all um, politicians are narcissistic to a degree? Oh, that, they're the they're the worst. I mean, I think there's. I just I've read things where it says that most, you know, the highest levels, the higher up you get in government, the most more sociopathic people are. I think it's like <laughs> doctors are first, then politicians, then I mean, entertainment industry is actually pretty far down. <laughs> But anything where you're, like, chasing power and you feel like your ideas are what needs to be heard and Im- implemented, yeah, you're a, you're a narcissist. That is interesting. So how are you going to wrap up your three-day show? Like, are you at the end of the show on Sunday? Are you going to have, like, a party, after party? Are you just going to be like, I fucking got to go home, I'm tired? Like, girl, girl, last year we was flirting with a party, but no. By the end, I'm so exhausted. And also a lot of people, think, thankfully, come to all three nights. By the end of the three, people going home. Like, last year I told the DJ, I said, hey, like, even when it ends, keep it pumping. Let's see if people, like, stick around. People will clear the fuck out. Like, it's not – I'm not trying to do uh, – um, not that I'm not trying to do. I've booked people that I think are hilarious. So it's not like people it, people are expending energy for a whole hour and a half laughing their ass off. That's what I want. So they ready to go home. Ain't nobody trying to dance after that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm certainly not trying to speak to every to 400 people who just came to the show. I'm really not. So, um, yeah, so it's over. <laughs> it's over. Go home. But still worth it. But worth it, you know. It's a good time. What I um, the reason I'm doing it again is I didn't have to. The reason I'm doing it again is last year did go well, and it was just such a good vibe. Like everybody was so happy, and that makes me happy. That's what uh, comedy is for me. Like I like making people laugh. I like putting together a good ass time where it's not just you know it's uh. I need it. I feel like other people need it. So uh, that's why I'm doing it again, just trying to recreate that divide. That's like one of the things 
I heard most from last year, like, yo, the vibe was so cool. Like, it was such a great time. Like, oh, I was so happy. Oh, I'm so glad I came. Like, that type of shit. That's what makes me happy. So uh, that's why I'm doing it again. All right, I got to ask you the million-dollar question. How does, a com- how does a comedian get on Netflix? How does a comedian? I mean, there's no set way. You want to know how I got on Netflix? I can tell you how I. I don't know how anybody else does. Okay. Okay. I was opening for Chris Rock, and Netflix produced his special, and they saw me because I was opening for him, and that's how I got on Netflix. So it, it, it can't be. <laughs> yeah, it can't be. How does a how do you get on Netflix? Open for Chris Rock because everybody can't do that. So it's you know it's uh it's different for everybody. Like everybody's past is different, and I just happened to be. I mean, and I feel like he knew it too. He was like, "Hey, you should come open. It's going to be people here that should see you." So he helped me out in that way, but I'm, you know, and then other people have agents and your agents submit you. Other people did a show somewhere else and, and Netflix, somebody from Netflix saw them or people talk. That's the other thing. A lot of people, this business is all uh, referrals and, and, and uh, people talking. So if you're doing well on the scene, other comics like you, uh, bookers like you, you professional, you're not a fucking asshole. People will t- will recommend you for shit, and the Netflix executives and every every network will be like, who's who's a new who's a new person on the scene, la da da. And if people like you, they'll tell them, you know. So even though Netflix saw me opening for Chris Rock, they had heard about me before because people had been telling them, you know, because I've been doing the work like this long. It's like inevitable at some point to 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 get shit. I have to ask you, how long were you in the Midwest? Uh, five years. Okay, because you have, like, a Midwestern swing. Like, where were you at? Were you in Chicago? Were you in, like... I was in Champaign, you know? Illinois. I have a very mixed-up accent. I just take on the accent of wherever I am at the time. So sometimes <laughs> I sound mad in New York. Other times I'm, I sound like I'm from the Midwest. You know, I'm, I'm actually from the Virgin Islands, so I have an island accent. My true accent is an island accent, but... When I'm in the States, I just, whoever I'm talking to, I just kind of mimic them. I don't know why, but it's because I've lived so many places. Uh, I went to high school in Maryland, so sometimes I sound like that. It just depends. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Hey, you got to get in where you sit in. You got to, like, you know. I mean, I'm not doing it consciously. I just, it's just, it is what it is. People, I, you can never figure out where I'm from because I don't know. I just pick up shit from everywhere I've lived, and I put it all together in my brain, I guess. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> so I think I will come to the Black Ass Show because it's on Friday. Um, okay, that's, that's cool. Good and it's day. very interesting. I, I do want to reiterate again that there's black people on every show. Even the shows yes. that aren't the Black Ass Show are at least are majority black people because that's just how I, I booked it. But you put so, it on a Friday, sis. You put it on a Friday. And, like, Friday is, like, is like you know, go out with your girls or hang out and do something fun. Oh, day. no, no, no. I'm not discouraging you. I'm just letting people know because all my black friends have been hitting <laughs> me like, I'm coming in a black night. I'm like, there's no real black night. <laughs> you know, so it's – um and – uh. I didn't even do it on a Friday consciously. It's just when everybody's available. Like, all these things are are, <laughs> are fluid. <laughs> but sure, That's yeah, so definitely funny. some black night. But, I, I mean, I mean, once, if you, as you're writing up your thing, if you were going to say something about black night, I just want to make clear that 
There's yes, white people every on show. show has every show. And the every few show. the few white people that I have booked are also hilarious and are people that yeah, that I think are are, are good. So I don't have any uh, like token whites. It's because they're they're <laughs> it's because they're funny. What's the token white? <laughs> you know, I, I you said what? What is a token white? No, meaning I wasn't like, oh, we got to get some white people in here, so I booked anybody, you know? <laughs> All right, cool. My final question for you is, I mean, you're putting on really awesome shows and you're all over the country, but if you had to pick, you know, any comedians, dead or alive, to do a show with, who would you pick? Uh, Richard Pryor. That's it? You said you said comedian. Comedians. Oh. <laughs> like if you oh, could do your uh, own like like superstar, you know, you're on the road with, you know, the best, you know, I mean, I'm going with Chris Rock, Amy Schumer, Chappelle, like I've already done a lot. So it would have to be somebody dead and that would be prior. I guess Eddie Murphy Eddie Murphy said he going back on the road, that'd be cool. But um Okay. I'm not like I said, I'm a solitary person. I'm not a star fucker either, so I'm not, like, pressed to be around famous people. It's very stressful. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I would just like to keep chugging along in my own shit. If they pop out the woodwork and offer me some money to come on the road, that's all good, too. But I'm not really, like, you know, ever since I was a girl. Like, I don't, I'm not, I don't care. Uh, it's cool when they acknowledge me and they and they um, pay me money, like I said. And, um recommend me for things but I'm not like pressed but I do really like Richard Pryor I never I didn't want to be a comedian growing up but he's one of the people that I did watch I never like really was in the comedy like that and he's one person that I that I really enjoyed coming up so it would be him okay that's fair all right so I will be seeing you in a few weeks okay sweet thank you so much like two let me ask you a question. Was my PR person uh, professional and nice to you? Yes, she was. Thank you okay, so great. much. <laughs> I'm just checking on her. She was very nice and she followed up. She was very nice. She wasn't pushy. She had all your information and what email. So I didn't have to like, ask her a bunch of follow-up questions. Everything nice. was smooth. Okay, great. Cool. Okay, right, cool. So I'll be seeing you in a few weeks. Thank you for you know, a reserved time for me to talk to you. Okay, sweet. Thank you so much, Erica.